You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. I'm speaking with Malcolm Bell with Christine Bell. He's the owner of Bookfellows Books. They also operate under Mystery and Imagination, sending out a mailing list to a number of very lucky customers. Thank you for joining me, Malcolm. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. Malcolm, tell me, when did you decide to get into the bookselling business and why? Uh, well, actually, I couldn't find anything else to do that uh, I enjoyed, and I just got lucky and fell into it. Started working for an antique store, and uh, the woman was quite elderly, and she had me build shelves for books that were in a basement, and my pay was uh, six books an hour, which uh, was a delight to me. So as I started to uh, research the books, I realized I was picking all the wrong books and working for next to nothing, and I thought I'd better educate myself. So that started it, basically. How long have you been in the business? Since 1972. Wow, that's a, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, I was very fortunate. I was very young when I started. Where, where did you first open your first store? Um, mostly I worked mail order uh, out of the San Gabriel Valley in California. But uh, my first store was on Hollywood Boulevard uh, in uh, on... Uh, on Book Row there, where there were approximately 15, 16 bookstores. I know exactly where you mean, and I know that I've been down that street many a times <laughs> and, and walked back from that, returned from that street a poorer man but richer in knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it was a wonderful mecca of books, and uh, unfortunately uh, there's only one or two left. But Well, from the very get-go, it sounds like, you started operating a a mail order, and and that's really the main paradigm these days. So tell me, why did you make that selection? Why not open your own store right then and there when you first started selling books? Well, I didn't have the capital. I had lots of books, but no money. And uh, even though you might be able to open a store for a small amount of money, um, I had absolutely no capital when I started. And... It was the only place you could buy a book inexpensively and and sell it through the mail. In those days, you could sell a lot of regional literature because there were people in Kentucky buying books on Kentucky that you could find in California readily, and you could make a reasonable profit. So it was just a case of building enough capital and taking the risk to open a store. I've always looked at it basically as being a bookseller, and secondary is the business aspect for me. So... Uh, you know, I really had to learn a lot about business before I really took that venture on. Um, a- as a mail-order bookseller, where where else did you find your customers? Did you publish a catalog? Did you distribute the catalog? How, how did that happen? Well, I printed very simple, inexpensive uh, Xeroxed catalogs, usually theme-oriented, and uh, they usually did very well in those days. My prices were reasonable, since I had no overhead to speak of, and uh, it just grew from there. I started doing author lists, subject lists, and uh, uh, with some success. Now, uh, tell us about uh, creating mystery and imagination, which is a, a, 
a genre bookstore, a genre bookselling business. What made you choose those sorts of genres to sell? Well, I'd always been reading mysteries, and I'd always been reading science fiction and fantasy. And to me, Edgar Allan Poe was a god. So uh, I decided to name it after, in tribute to Poe. And um, I found that, especially on Hollywood Boulevard, where I opened my first store, uh, there was a niche. Uh, Not too many people were doing fiction in those days. And it just seemed like a, a natural fit, and it worked out real well. Did you attend conventions? Have you pursued that that line of selling to take your your wares to a, a table in a dealer room? Oh yes, we've been doing book fairs for a long time. Although we have not done any science fiction or or uh, mystery book fairs, and we plan on doing more of those in the future. Uh, one thing that's changed, when you started your business in the 70s, the, the sorts of books that you could get or that you were, were selling were mostly pretty much, main. I would presume, mainstream hardcovers and, and or, you know, uh, New York published hardcovers and, and mass market paperbacks. Right. Um, did you, when did you start selling, did you start smelling, selling the small press titles that started to come out. I, I noticed them, I think, first in the 80s. That's when I started buying, uh, I think, Screen Press. And can you tell me a little bit about how or if you've developed that form of the business? Well, uh, we're always trying to, to add new lines to our stock. Um, the investment part of it, it can be pretty deep. So you have to be sure that you're going to be able to sell the line. So we started with what I figure was the first, which was Arkham House, and we had fairly good success, and we've slowly been adding more and more. We've been with Ashtree uh, since the beginning, and uh, every press we can add as we slowly add them, uh, we will continue to do. And now there are more than ever. There's uh, an enormous quantity of high-quality publishers out there putting out some great things. You mentioned Ashtree being with them from the beginning. That's really foresightful because they've proved to be a really major presence and a very interesting, uh, I think, deviation. Many small press um, publishers seem to aim more towards, I think, the the genre aspect, and Ashtree really has more of a, a, a scholarly aspect to it. Yes, they do, um, but they did fill a need, uh, especially for a lot of the rare ghost story collections, and, and uh, they always have wonderful introductions, and they're beautifully produced, and right from the beginning, we could see that they were high quality, and we were really shocked that they didn't immediately take off. It took uh, quite a while before there was a following for them. Uh, now, uh, you know, they, the, the whole idea of Ashtree seems to be really uh, popular with most of the collectors. Some of the books bringing quite a premium price, in many cases, over the original edition, which is interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. <laughs> yeah, the, their uh, compilation of the M.R. James books was, I just thought, phenomenal in every way. The scholarly research, the illustration, the production, it was... It was yeah, they're wonderful. They really are wonderful books, and they're nice people. Um, I was interested to see that in the latest Tartarus Press um, anthology called Strange Tales, Volume 2, that uh, Barbara Roden, who's the publisher, one of the publishers of Ashtree, shows up as an author uh, writing fiction. 
Yes, yes. Oh, yes. And Tartarus Press is also a really fascinating uh, publisher as well. They they have a, a similar vibe, I think, both scholarly and ghostly to Ash Tree. Yes, they are. And they're wonderful books, too. They're beautifully produced. Um, and a lot of our favorite authors, too. Arthur Machen, Algernon Blackwood. Uh, Robert Aikman. Yes, Robert the, Aikman, of course, the, the great contemporary, uh, uh, certainly uh, the premier temp- contemporary ghostwriter. Uh, that two-volume set is, is, A, I think it's it was rapidly out of print, and it's probably unapproachably expensive. I was fortunate enough to, I don't know what was in my tiny brain at the time to buy it, but I was really <laughs> glad because I love his stuff. Yes, I put aside a set for myself, uh, and uh, I now notice that it's long out of print, and Unfortunately, bringing three to five hundred dollars. So. <laughs> wow, I, I the man's there. <laughs> yes. Uh, tell me, um, a, a, as a as a, a bookseller, uh, you have some web presence, but it's through the from it's through the ABE uh, book page. Uh, have you thought about going out and hiring somebody to do your own? website or how how are you selling now i mean from how did you make the transition from uh mail order catalogs to the internet well we do have uh, a website of sorts uh, and um it, it it's unfortunately i'm not uh, as technical as i should be on and we have recently asked uh friends to assist us and one friend has been very kind who's also a writer who uh, has some great ideas. So we hope to be moving forward with this. But frankly, you know, I'm, I'm an old-fashioned bookseller. I, I, it's, I'm slow to move into this technological age, but we're being forced into it. Um, did you see, uh, has the, how has the recent consolidation and just the demolition of the independent bookstores, how has that affected you as a mail-order bookstore? Well, um, obviously fewer stores means that the customers are being driven to uh, the few that are left. Um, I think it's more, I think the impact is really on the retail end of it. In Los Angeles alone, the closures are enormous. And it's, you know, it's sort of the last man standing philosophy. And... uh, you know, I don't know how much longer we would keep a brick-and-mortar store. Um, I, I mean, we have some ideas for growing, and we learned a long time ago, if you stand still, you you turn into a dinosaur, and you sort of disappear. So we're, uh, we're constantly evolving and trying to uh, figure out how to market books better and better. Do you communicate? How do you primarily communicate with your customers? Um, newsletter. And uh, basically email, uh, I wish we could go back to the old days where you have more direct communication. Uh, oftentimes in the past, I would phone customers up and deal that way directly, but I'm afraid that uh, those times are past us. One of the things that uh, the actual brick-and-mortar stores do, particularly some of the genre fiction stores, is to bring in uh, customers by bringing in writers and, and getting, you know, editions signed. As a mail-order store, do you, how do you obtain, do you obtain signed copies and how? Oh, well, we, you know, we do have the retail store. 
Oh, uh, you do. You still yes. have to. Uh, you're still there. Oh, I didn't oh, realize yes. that. We're oh, still. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> convey that well <laughs> enough. <laughs> That's the problem. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't realize we have a retail store, and we have over 4,000 square feet of retail space. Boy, that's big. We host events and uh, a lot of genre writers. Um, one of, uh, we've hosted events 10 times for Ray Bradbury. Okay. Well, and, then you're in the big, big time. <laughs> well, we're trying. <laughs> but that's yes, that's true. It's a way to get people in the door. And, uh, you know, it's always, uh, it's always great when you can meet the author and talk with the author. One of the the things that that the the signings do also is to when somebody comes in for Ray Bradbury there's maybe a good chance they'll pick up a Ramsey Campbell or or something exactly exactly that's that's our hope that uh, we can introduce them to some of our favorites as well people like Jack Finney and people like that that uh, we have a passion for and uh, sort of guide them in directions they wouldn't have thought of uh, by searching on the internet one of the things that you bring as a bookseller to the business is a really deep knowledge of the books and the writers and the genres. How do you convey that not only to your customers but to your uh, employees? Well, uh, fortunately, I have wonderful employees. They're all very well read, and uh, I learn from them as well. Um, we try to put a lot of signage around the store indicating, you know, we, we, we've put up uh, recommendations for reading, award winners, any way that we can show that uh, you're not coming into a store where the, the people are not readers. And uh, so we're constantly trying to uh, open up uh, areas of interest. And how do you, you know... You're, you're an independent bookstore, so how do you compete with uh, some of the chain bookstores in terms of getting the authors to come up here at your store? Very difficult, very difficult. We're constantly having a problem. I find the best way is to make a connection with the author, introduce them to the store. If we can get an author to come into the store, once they see what we're doing, they're very encouraged by it and, and very supportive. Uh, but it's very hard. A lot of agents don't want to send them to. And it, the problem is in Los Angeles, fewer and fewer authors are touring in Los Angeles. So it is a very difficult thing, and um, we are trying to encourage them any, any way we can. Once an author comes to the store, they want to come back, usually. Uh, I can imagine. So now tell me, where exactly is your store located? So the next time I'm in Southern California, <laughs> I can stop by. Okay, we're at 238 North Brand Boulevard. That's in Glendale. Okay, well, that's right on my way up. I usually come down 101. I'm in Northern California, so I come oh, down 101 and through Ventura. So that's right off the 101 freeway? Is it? Yes. Okay. Please come by and visit us. We'd be ha I'd be happy to do so. <laughs> We've been speaking with Malcolm Bell. He's the proprietor of Bookfellows and the purveyor of the Mystery and Imagination newsletter. Thank you for speaking with me, Malcolm. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.